0: Oh, oh, so today, Marie, at work, we had a, we had a day, uh, we had a day where, because it's the opening day for Taco the- Taco
1: Thursday. No,
0: I wish. Yeah. It was like hot, well, it was hot dog Thursday. Sweet. It was the Twins opening game oh. today, mm-hmm. and our mm-hmm. office is right near the Twin stadium, and so um, we were allowed to like eat hot dogs and chips and watch part of the game from the office today. Not too shabby. Yeah, pretty sweet. Pretty good way to end the day, really. My, like, model was running for hours. I started a calculation in the morning on my computer. I hit run, and it's still probably going. It might end when I come in tomorrow. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's-
1: like, why don't I get hot dog?
0: <laughs> Give me a feed me the head of a cat. <laughs> like, in a <laughs> or feed me a kitten or whatever the hell it is. Uh, Anyways, we're getting dark. Hello, listeners of the Mad Scientist Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, here with my co-host. I'm Marie Mayhew. Oh, yeah, she is Marie Mayhew. So we actually have some... Chris Cogswell! We have some... It's so cool over here. We have some exciting... uh, We have some exciting stuff that we decided on uh, 20 minutes ago. We are... We are officially... Announcing the beginning of our production company, damn it, Chippy Productions. Um, so, loving it. Yeah. So, actually, again,
1: the same thought and consideration that goes into every single major life decision, every single 20 one, three minutes, boom. Every single Here's one. That's what we're
0: going to do, boom. So, actually, if so, if you have an idea for a podcast. Um, or you want to start producing one or something mess. Email us, please. The mad scientist podcast at com. Yeah. Um, we are, we are open for business.
1: We are. And we're excited because we want we want diversity. We want people that are out there thinking to themselves. My voice is my, it's not being heard. I'm not being heard. Nobody cares. We care. Yeah. Or we can pretend to.
0: Hell yeah! No, we do care. We we but legitimately we do care. care. If you're a listener to this care. show and you want to start a podcast, please let us know because we would love to help you. Yes. Anyways, this uh, this episode. So we have a couple other another quick housekeeping stuff to do. Quick. Um, we are also at the end of this episode going to going to say the names of our patrons, our new patrons, mm. and all the people mm. that give us new reviews. Thank you so much. Woo! We are we are edging close to that hundred review mark. Marie.
1: We love that.
0: We, Review us. We really are. It's pretty amazing. It's like it's pretty damn great. So we're We crave feedback. <laughs> we do crave feedback. Uh <laughs> desperately. <We need>
2: attention. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's
1: what it yeah. sounds like. It always feels so weird. Like the part I never get used to about this is like telling people like, hey, come and tell us what you think, but please be nice. I
0: know, seriously. We're actually so we're actually we're at 89 reviews right now. Sorry. Yes. Um, Exciting. 89 reviews in the United States. We actually have reviews in Australia and in uh, Canada, too, which is really cool. Um, So it's pretty exciting. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. We like you can actually see iTunes for different countries. I didn't know that. Anyways, let's
1: Australia. Yeah.
0: Yeah! Oh my yeah. God! I'm brave, you brave
1: motherfuckers out there in Australia, man! I'm telling Shout
0: you, out we are killing it. Shout
1: out to everything that's trying to, trying to kill them in Australia. Oh.
0: <laughs> Anyways, this week's episode we are talking about trees, and specifically, do trees communicate with one another? Now, this episode actually started uh, thanks to a dear fan and friend of the show, and um. You know, he's, he's just a great guy. He's been supporting us from the very beginning, Robert. So thank you very much, Robert, for all your support. And uh, thanks for sending me the book. That was awesome of you. And we're Aww. super excited. Yeah, we're just I'm so excited to finally be doing this episode um, on this stuff. So anyway, so uh, do treats communicate with one another. So it's going to be a good episode. So let's get into yes. it. Yes. Welcome to the Mad Scientist podcast. This week's
2: episode,
0: Cree Communication. All right, dear listeners. So, before we start this episode this week, we wanted to give a shout out and play a promo for a show that we really enjoy, which is the Oh No Lit Class podcast. This show, uh, you know, all of the books that I didn't read in school, they, they review and talk about on the show. It is super funny. Um, the hosts are the hosts are great folks. They are friends of the show for sure, and uh, we seriously suggest you check out their show. It is a lot of fun, and uh, and yeah, so go check out Oh No Lit Class. And here is their promo. I'm Megan. I'm RJ.
1: And we host Oh No Lit Class, a comedy literature podcast that tells you all the strange and sexy facts you never knew about the books you had to read in school.
0: Every episode is fun. Foul mouth spark notes for your ears, filled with author bios, plot summaries, bad impressions, and Megan singing.
2: It's
1: mostly you that sings.
0: No, I sing well, she sings poorly.
1: That's not true. So come listen to us ruin classic literature one book at a time at onolickclass.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Oh no, Lit Class. We're for kids.
1: No, we're not. And we're back. So, Chris, I I will say, can I say, I know, thank you, Rob, for sending us this. I will say that this is the first, this is the first of our many, of our many episodes together. But I'm a little like, "Uh can trees talk to one another? Uh Sure they can. (laughs) That sounds good.
0: It's okay. Uh It is a super interesting concept because it brings in the question, like, all of the things that we talk about on the show about, for instance, you know, so we talk about like, could aliens talk to us? Right. Mm-hmm. And we talk mm-hmm. about all these other concepts like this. And really all this comes together. You know, there, there are alien species in some way on our own planet. Right. And there are things that are very, very different than us in, mm-hmm. um, in sensory, you know, in, information that they take in and in um in, in in all walks of different uh types of life right mm-hmm. and so and that's
1: just charlene and accounts payable
0: no not just charlene and accounts payable like all kinds of different stuff right <laughs> so
1: for instance yeah. i, I mean a good one for about her but yes keep going take
0: that uh take that charlene so you know so it's it's an interesting concept this idea of um this idea of say you know, do plants talk to each other? Well, first off, what does it mean to talk? What does it mean to communicate with each other? Right. And by looking at how plants communicate, maybe we can learn something about the way that we communicate as a species or even how we evolved to communicate. Right. So that's kind of the concept here for that. Now, in terms of, let's say, plant communication overall, First off for me, when I say communication, mm-hmm. what do you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I say <laughs> communication, oh, it's okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm
1: serious. It's okay. You're serious. I'm serious. serious. I'm, I'm, faces. serious. I'm down. I'm totally okay. serious. I'm totally serious. When,
0: when I say that, when I, when, when you think of communication, what do you think of immediately?
1: Well, I think about talking,
0: think about talking, right? right? That's
1: verbal. Yeah. Verbally verbal cues in a language yeah so right?
0: sounds and uh, sounds and gestures even like that's the thing communication mm-hmm. can mean all kinds of things if you couldn't see it might be very difficult for you to understand what someone's saying actually right or pick yes. out even uh in the world the, the the voices of someone talking to you right if someone says excuse me to you but you can't see them how do you know that they're saying excuse me to you and not to someone next to you or someone around you right like the directionality of language is actually a much bigger component to it than we think of right yes and then on top of that too there are other parts of language that we uh, sometimes get in trouble for not knowing so for instance um when i am at a movie theater and evidently am breathing very loudly My wife will stare at me until I stop, but I don't realize how loudly I'm breathing. I'm a fat guy. Like, I breathe heavy. It's what happens. You know what I mean? It's it's whatever. It's part of life, okay? But I won't realize how much noise I'm making until my wife will finally have to, like, punch me and be like, shut up. Because I'm like, you know, this movie's really good right like <laughs> it's super it. gross but like but seriously i mean there are uh there are verbal cues and things that people sometimes you know pick up and it's and it ends up being actually very um it can be detrimental for those that can't pick up those cues right and we see that in um, we see that in asperger's disorder right where yes. um social cues aren't picked up and so people will you know it just g- get into snafu's translate. yeah
1: yeah they can't translate but also the thing with communication is i think if you are communicating you are sentient you have either a sense of self right that you are you exist and you are a thinking entity and you are communicating outwards to something with the intention of of being heard and responded back to right so i think that that's a huge part of sort of my dilemma with the whole tree thing is that If they're communicating, then to me, that also means that they have some sort of, um, it's a word I'm looking for. They're alive. They have not just in the alive sense, but that they're, yes, that they're sentient beings.
0: Yeah. So what you're actually getting to, Marie, Mm -hmm. is that is the thing that Mm -hmm. I was hoping to trick you with at the end of this episode. Mm. You're too sharp for me. Um, yeah. The Actually, this idea of plant communication has led to a new theory in philosophy um, known as, uh, basically known as, as plant rights. Oh, dear God. As, uh, as, as uh, plant, uh, what's the word? Uh, plant rights and the, uh, specifically what they look at is the, the moral standing of plants and uh, their use in agriculture and stuff, mm-hmm. right? And, and plant autonomy. Mm-hmm. And so what does it mean to, What does it mean to um, basically bioethics diverging into this area of plants? Because really, like you said, as we start to get off on this list, plants are going to check off a lot of the boxes that we usually think of as being what makes something sentient or what makes something conscious, not conscious necessarily, but what makes something deserving of rights? I mean, and actually, that's a great place to start. Maybe even is. What what would you consider to be? What would be your list? Say top five things that give things rights.
1: Um, they are, they are thinking, self-governing, autonomous beings that have, uh, that can, that 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 can communicate. Uh, that's even yeah. I mean, communicating more is just almost more of an output, but like. That's a good question. I would say that they are autonomous, self-governing beings that are able to ah, present themselves like, it's not like, I don't know. That's really very eloquently put. But I think you're, (laughs) it's almost like, it's almost easier to say what doesn't, you know, what I think doesn't deserve rights. And this is probably a, you know, a rabbit hole. But are things that, you know, but I feel like, Okay. Well, things that don't have feelings or that don't have uh, that aren't living, like a rock. Okay. So,
0: okay. So rocks <laughs> and things aren't aren't uh, fucking aren't eloquent. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, um, so fucking eloquent. I'm so, so
1: fucking good at this. So oh, there, my God.
0: Um, there is actually a a big field of philosophy that deals with this kind of idea. Obviously. Mm-hmm right mm-hmm. and so um, this idea is called, is called the grounds of moral status okay mm-hmm. in some ways mm-hmm. and so uh, moral status is sort of it's sort of this idea of um, it's this idea of I guess what for what does something have uh, for what does something have a need to be um, thought of as being moral or as being um, what's the word as being sort of part of our moral, uh, our moral worldview. Right. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so we think about the idea of like rights. And so what gives something a right. Right. And so, and there's different views of that, but generally there's these senses of like, um, so there's this idea in, in philosophy where so uh so peter singer peter singer has this idea about kind of you know what makes um what makes someone what basically gives someone the right to have an abortion is kind of where he looks at things right mm-hmm.
2: but really okay.
0: but so but really though uh some of his ideas though end up being this sense of say um this sense of sort of you know okay well if a thing is like you said conscious so if if it seems to communicate with each other does it seem to feel mm-hmm. pain does it seem to um does it seem to be able to have some autonomy so can it reproduce on its own um these kinds of things go into the argument of well this makes this this means that we have some moral responsibility to this being to not alter any of those things so the argument would be If plants can communicate, then we don't have we should not have the right to um, stop that communication for no reason. Right. Right. To
1: impose to impose our will on them.
0: Right. Right. right.
1: We cannot make a decision for them. They are self-deciding. They have autonomy over their own over their own lives and their own experience. We cannot we cannot we can't boss them around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In some ways. Right. And so
1: we're not the boss of the trees.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so this idea is that um, that plants basically should be included in uh, kind of things that we feel we have a moral responsibility to. So even if we don't think that um, what's the word? Even if we don't think that plants are sentient or can communicate or whatever, the very fact of them having um, some kind of autonomy and lifestyle of some sort means that we should not harm them unduly
1: yeah so this yeah but then okay so then what do you what do you build homes out of what do you like what what do you eat
0: well see what, but that, know, like, see but that's the thing though is that this thing. see that's that's where bioethics gets tricky because it comes mm-hmm. into this whole idea of say well, we can we can use plants, but we shouldn't um, abuse them is kind of, I guess, the way that it would be viewed, just like we view animals with eating. Right. I mean, Peter Singer would mm-hmm. say we should be vegetarian, but Peter Singer's mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, he's he's kind of extreme, I think, for a lot of people's viewpoints. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, but the idea would be that, OK, well, you you can still utilize plants in a way that allows you to. uh to make use of them or even healthily help them grow that is still beneficial to humans, but not, uh, not unnecessarily cruel or unusual maybe is the word. Right. Well, yeah. But no, again, but, then, but again, so what it,
1: is unnecessary or cruel? Yeah. If you have no idea if it's what you're doing to it, yeah. like is grafting, uh, so for grafting, um, apple trees or something like that is that unnecessarily cruel
0: well i don't yeah that's the, I mean, that's right. the problem with all of this right is that you end yeah. up getting into these you end up getting into these much more complicated uh it's much more complicated moral questions i mean even even forget just grafting i mean what about clipping flowers right i mean imagine you yeah. clipped the head off of animals and stuck them in a vase Right, like if we're gonna start equating, you know, and then the idea is too just The idea becomes too like, okay, well, is a worm equivalent to a tulip because they kind of have the same communicative ability? They sort of right, like these questions start getting very muddy, and so it, um, yeah, it's a problem. But anyways, it's 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 an interesting, it's an interesting philosophical field, but it really so it, it all stems though from this idea that we've started to gain more and more over time which is that plants actually... Plants can communicate with each other in some ways. Now, mm-hmm. the bulk of the research... Sorry, yes. It's okay. The bulk of this... Of
1: I'm, I'm, I'm coming along. I'm okay, coming along. we're doing great.
0: The, doing good. the bulk of the uh, information for this, uh, this episode comes from a book called... Um, this book is called The Secret Life of Trees. And it's uh, all about... Uh, this botanist sort of, or I guess he's not really "The Hidden Life of Trees." Sorry, um, maybe not
1: what they feel, how they communicate.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, so it's it's very it's actually a really great book. Um, I highly suggest it. the The audiobook wasn't super great, um, <laughs> just because I think like the narration I thought was a little bit slow for me. But anyways, the book is by uh, Peter Wohlleben, and uh, he's a German forester. Who currently uh, is basically taking care of a um, basically taking care of this uh, large uh, wood in Germany and so anyways um, he and the, the forest that he manages specifically is a beech forest and so um, this beech trees are uh, are extremely interesting they have all kinds of interesting properties so for instance they um they actually will they they communicate with each other through uh basically sending out shoots from their roots. So um they grow in these very very large uh, colonies basically. Okay? Mhm. And so um as they grow out then they kind of have this larger uh, they they kind of have fungus that grows on them and stuff and They're able to communicate through their roots and through the fungus and then also in in other ways, too. So, for instance, through light coming through the top of the trees, uh, they actually won't grow. They will not grow in such a way that um, that one tree takes up the light of another tree. They will kind of if you look at the top of beach um, beach foliage, you can actually uh, you'll see that they don't really touch. They kind of each have their own little spots right
1: they're sharing yeah exactly
0: and so um so anyways it's extremely interesting so what his argument is basically is that uh is that trees can communicate with each other but the way that they communicate is different than maybe we would think of it ourselves in terms of language like humans do right so Mm When we talk about communication, we are talking about it more generally. So broadly here, what communication is, is the ability to send signals from one organism to another. Now, obviously, humans, when we send signals, we tend to do it by verbal cues or visual cues or um, other things. But there are all kinds of other ways that we send smells uh, and things to each other that are Mm -hmm. signals. Right. So, for instance, pheromones tell, you know, someone if you're interested in them or not, even though you may not know it. Um, we have, uh, we have things like, you know, um, the uh, smell of food is enticing to us or not, right? These signals Mm -hmm. all tell us things about, this is something you want to uh, put in your body. This is something you want to be around. This is something you want to do, whatever, um, right. Versus it's not good
1: or bad. It's more of a biological instinct is what they're talking about. Right. And, there are, was reading it. and
0: yeah. there are other, there are other versions of this too, that we may not necessarily think of as being so, so, uh, so simple, maybe. So for instance, um, if you are around a dangerous chemical or something, it will harm you. And so that, that is in itself also a signal, right? Physical pain is a signal to you to stop doing whatever you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all of these things are signals that happen to us. I would hope, yes. And we, and we have other signals, though, too. We, ha- we also respond to sunlight. We respond to, um, to seasonal changes, right? We respond mm-hmm. to all kinds of different things. And so in the same way, really, plants communicate where they respond to sunlight. They respond to um, chemical signals, both through the root systems and through uh, the air,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they in some ways seem to communicate by uh, by touch or at least by proximity. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the argument that's in this book basically is that plant communication occurs through all these different modes, and so even though we may not realize that these plants are all intercommunicating and sharing nutrients and um, all these different things, then uh, but it's still communication is occurring.
1: Yes. And it occurs from the reading I was looking at. It occurs also what I thought was interesting. So it's above ground with the leaves and, you know, not crowding and making sure that, you know, they they seem like they are, they respect one another's space, but then also underground, what grows off their roots is this underground network of fungi. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is fascinating to me that they're saying that there's these, long hair like roots that join together with other trees and it's almost this network that has this sort of symbiotic relationship that communicates back and forth about um about nutrients and about uh if 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 one of them is um has a disease or beetle or something like some kind of threat that, that is that is communicated through this fungal network of of types of whatever and it's um my corosal my Corazole network yes yep boom nice so and again it's like this is something that is actually factually based that that trees have that beech trees have and then i also found another author besides the one you were speaking of um suzanne simard yep and she's an ecologist her take on it is a little bit more um i don't know i mean i i very much talking about the same the same um the same overview but there's this lattice work of fungi buried in the soil that they're kind of that they're communicating through uh hers gets a little bit more uh anthropomorphized which i think is where my um where my doubt (laughs) where i start to communicate doubt um just because again it's like she's talking about like forest wisdom and mother trees and things that again are are to me not necessarily what is biologically occurring and is is sort of putting this filter on it that you know but really i don't think nature needs necessarily like nature's not you know it can can be perceived as mystic or perceived as sort of this you know otherworldly thing, but it's also science based and so I think when you start to get into these uh subjective i'm gonna say tree huggery phrases, it can be a little like that's where I'm like, yeah, I don't know that's 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 problematic. The interesting thing is though that trees do recognize, according to her findings, do recognize their offshoots or what has been um almost like i don't want to say they're children because again that's that is answer for but something that is coming from them that's from their own uh that's from their own self
0: well so so okay. so this actually comes into a different part of this which is that mm-hmm. um so so again the idea of so trees clearly trees don't have the kind of um clearly trees don't have the kind of cognitive intelligence let's say that we have right but they are able to send signals to each other they are able to communicate and they are able to problem solve in some ways mm-hmm. and part of that problem solving comes from their ability to uh, frankly create clones of themselves mm-hmm. so um in fact the the largest organism in the world is a aspen tree and this aspen tree has clones that grow uh, In a colony around it, uh, up to five miles away. Hmm. Sounds
1: somewhat insidious. You don't mind me saying uh,
0: so. So the biggest one of these...
1: I will be getting to this point.
0: Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great. Another great movie with Marie.
1: That's right. That's right, dear listener.
0: The coming. So this the biggest one of these is called Pondo, which is uh, Latin for spread out. And it's, um, it's a single clonal colony of a quaking aspen. And it's um, been found to be, it, it occupies 106 acres and weighs about 6 million kilograms, or 6.6 short tons. So um, this, this root system of this tree, this one tree, is, has a root system that is 80,000 years old. Hmm. It's in, this, is in, uh, this is in Fish Lake in uh, Utah now uh, in the fish lake national forest so the interesting thing about this is that it is a it's a clonal group so basically what occurs is again these these uh the this tree has roots that go down and then at a certain point away where it's far enough away it'll shoot up a another kind of root like a baby tree almost that then grows and develops into a leaf bearing tree and so Um, you end up with a single tree can grow extremely large depending on how well it competes and how well it it takes in nutrients and sunlight and whatever so that is how it actually communicates with itself is that it um, basically is able to um, through these through these shoots it's able to um, it's able to to actually literally be almost a single hive mind right and a hive mind again is anthropomorphizing them as you said but mm-hmm. it is part of a single organism so it's, so it's, sounding so it's less it's almost less like it's less like uh you know a bunch of different clones of a i mean it's very similar to i in some ways at least in my mind it's similar to how you know we start out as um we start out as a as cells whatever and then we grow mm-hmm. right it's very similar to that same idea where this tree network has just been growing this whole time and getting bigger but it's really part of one organism still. Um so it's extremely fascinating and you know so so these trees are then able to obviously these trees are able to communicate but they, they actually find that in forests where the trees aren't interconnected like that by literally being you know part of the same root system that mm-hmm. trees can still communicate. So for instance, if there is a uh, an injured or dying tree or something in a in a forest colony um you know other trees can actually shift nutrients to that tree hmm. in certain ways right mm-hmm. or again the idea that if a sing- if one tree is being attacked by insects or something that tree can then release a sap or a a pheromone and a chemical marker that tells other trees hey these bugs are coming you know release your sap release your protective chemical right and right,
1: so they can protect themselves.
0: Yeah, and a very simple version of this sort of idea is the experiment that a lot of people, I'm sure, have already done as kids, um, which is you face a flower away from the sun, and then it, over the course of the day, it'll actually move itself to see the sun, right? The the plant itself, well, it's, if it's a live plant anyways, <laughs> Will flowers is a bad yes. example, but a live plant will actually move itself to, to be facing the sun. So it is a it, it is clear, at least in my mind, that these things do have some kind of response to stimuli. Whether or yes. not we want to call that intelligence is a tricky situation. I mean, let's just think about someone who's in a vegetative state, right? Mm-hmm. Do we consider that they are... If If you're in a vegetative state, and but you are able to respond to uh, external stimuli. So, for instance, if I knock on your foot with a, uh, or if I knock on your your leg or something, and you kick,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: is that enough to be considered intelligent or cognizant?
1: That you still have some sort of motor reflexes, right? Mm-hmm. I, or that's I mean,
0: a good if question. or if if we fed you, you would still digest. Is that is that is that intelligence? Is that life, or is that just? Wrote mechanical biology.
1: Well, and I think that that's where that's where you come up with this kind of threshold with these with these two authors. Is it's it's difficult to assess what is survival, which is again something different than than I would say some, a sentient thinking being in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's there's right? cl-
0: there seems like there's clearly a difference. Like there's mm-hmm. there should be a middle ground between. Plants are just stupid matter that have no, uh, no, broccoli. whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no, broccoli, st- no response man. to stimulus oh. versus, you know, mother earth's mind mm-hmm. meld or whatever. Right. Yes. superhuman. So,
1: human. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Super so,
1: intelligent geniuses. Yeah. I think that there is something in between those yeah.
0: two. One really interesting I- mm-hmm. one. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, 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 no. no. I'm going to get into my evil plants in just a few minutes.
0: Oh, later. sweet. Okay, Cool. Actually I have something good for the end of that as well. One mm-hmm. so one actually really interesting experiment that was done on this was done by uh, Monica Gag- uh, Gagliano. And so uh, what she did was she she calls herself a plant neurobiologist, which is interesting. They don't have mm-hmm. they don't have brains. So right. she is a They have they
1: have no neuro. It's
0: like That's yeah, okay. it's like it's like being a uh, it's like being a, a wall neurobiologist or a door or a neurobiologist, but whatever it's fine. Um She she,
1: whatever gets the grants, man. It's fine. It's fine. That's cool. I'm not going to get no beef.
0: Yeah. She actually did. um, She did an experiment with mimosas, with mimosa plants. Mm -hmm. And what she did was basically she had these plants and then she would drop them from a certain height each day. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, every time that these plants to kind of stimulate a physical shock and every time that they had this shock, they would close their leaves. So they would kind of protect Mm -hmm. themselves, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But, and so that is kind of just rote, mechanical, whatever, right? But what they did, what she did was over time, so she kept doing this over a week, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, like a week, a month, whatever. When they, when she did this after a large number of these drops, after a while, the plants would stop closing. Hmm. And so some people said, well, whatever, it's just they don't have enough energy to do this test anymore. Stop shaking your plants. You're some kind of, you know. Beating up on the plants, This is is wild. But (laughs) what she did then was um, after another couple, a day, a month, whatever, where she didn't drop them at all. So they were just left to survive. They Mm -hmm. would still not. They would still not. uh, They would not close up. So huh. some, some in some ways seeming to suggest that these plants learned or for some reason remembered this and again remembered has all kinds of anthropomorphic connotations to it right in some way their response to this external stimuli became muted over time huh that's interesting, interesting. now the pro- no, the problem with this is, well, can they then be retaught that it's a problem? Right? Like the thing, the thing isn't just that, because again, this is the, this would be like saying that you're, because every time, you know, every time I, I don't know, stretch out my silly putty, it gets a little bit less stretchy each time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's like me saying, well, this shows that my silly putty is learning and it remembers. Right? That's not the case. Mm-hmm. It, it could just be that the, 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 the mechanism by which the plant um, opens or closes its roots, its its leaves or whatever did get tired or did stop working yes. or whatever. And so stop doing yes. it. Yes.
1: You broke it.
0: Yeah. The, the, why we
1: can't have nice things. The real test, plants.
0: the real test of this in my mind would be, can you then retrain them? to Like, can you train them to close and then reopen and close? You know what I mean? Like,
1: yes. Um, yes. So, With different stimuli, will they, will they protect themselves in a different situation?
0: Right. And then the other part, the other part of this that is often brought up about um, animal intelligence or intelligence generally is can you, can you train an animal or a plant or something? Can you train another intelligence so that it can then apply what you taught it to a different but similar situation? Mm. So it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not good enough to keep rote memorization or, or rote repetition. What's important is if I show you that you can cut a carrot with a knife, can you then also go and try to cut a cucumber or whatever, right? Like that's a silly example, but you know what I'm saying. Right. So
1: But you can extrapolate learning based on a skill set. You, you can like take that skill and you can apply it to different things. 100%. That's interesting. Interesting. Well, so my my take on this whole thing, if we want to, you know, go down the rabbit hole a little bit on this, is so if if a plant can detect danger or a threat, which we're saying that some of these trees or some of these plants can do, right? That they can, that, you know, if you drop them at a certain point, they will, they, you know, they, they um, kind of retreat and try and protect themselves or within the large groves of birch trees they can communicate about um protecting themselves from predators or from disease so then how it can they identify outwards what a threat is and can they in turn um externalize and try and neutralize that threat externally Hmm. which would be the makings of a really, really good movie, if it was done by anybody else, but M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> uh, and if you don't know what I'm referring to, I'm talking about the it was 2008, 2006, somewhere in the early aughts. The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan talks about a. Uh, first of all, it starves star- stars a, uh, and I'm using that term loosely. Um, marky mark Wahlberg as a i want to say a botanist he's a science in it, scientist in it which is awesome um so right there you've got like this crazy this crazy casting choice and people people around um starting in huge cities are just are are offing themselves in the most violent ways possible like the population all of a sudden you know there's just this wave of Gruesome mass suicides. Nobody knows what's causing it, and it's like it's freaking everybody out. And it turns out, it turns out it's the plants, it's the trees. They are releasing a toxin into the air, an airborne toxin, to uh, to cause paranormal, or, like suicidal tendencies in people because they have identified that people are a threat. And are, are cutting them down, are like, uh, you know, again, are abusing and are not treating them as sentient beings. And they take it upon their own volition to basically eliminate, eliminate the population.
0: It's, it's an interesting <laughs> concept. The, pro- the problem well, is... Let's
1: not get crazy. It's not terribly, but it's like, it is sort of the... Sorry to interrupt you, but just, just to finish... Just, uh, it's sort of like the the extrapolation right like if they can do this if they have this ability then sort of the possible evolution or next iteration is that they can identify externally right and they can try and find their own food they can move to where sun is they can reach towards light they can drive more nutrients out of the soil to become bigger and stronger. And they can, <laughs> can kill threats. humanity. And they can kill people. Yes.
0: The thing That's that where I like, I'm going. The thing I like about this- Well, you're s- all
1: with the clones. They got a clone army. You see what happens with the clone army. Well, you don't because you don't, you didn't really watch any of the, any of the Star Wars prequels, but clone armies, spoiler alert, not good. Not good? They don't turn out well. Mm. No. The thing- You don't want a clone army.
0: The thing that I like about- the thing that I like to think about the plants and the, the movie is if the plants were really smart, they never would have been, they never would have agreed to be in that movie. They should say, no, I'm not signing that contract. Um, oh, and that's a their agent, their
1: agent was all like, their agent was like, I'm telling you he's on fire. He's great. He's doing, it's hard to get. I can get you in.
0: Shyamalan's been, they're all like
1: the, yeah, he's on. And they're all like, "I don't know, you guys. Do we want? I guess so."
0: So the the interesting thing actually about this so it, 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 this kind of brings up two interesting points. the f- The last point that I want to bring is going to be really the thing that flips this whole bad boy around. But the Marky Mark
1: is a scientist. <laughs> he actually
0: is a bonus. the The interesting thing about all this to me is we. So first off, we kind of. This question of, again, plant ethics or what rights do plants have. Mm-hmm. So it actually, there, it actually came up. There's a, uh, a society in um, a society for bioethics in uh, it was like the European Society for Bioethics or something like that. They met in Sweden at a conference and they actually decided there that basically they decided that plants do have rights. And one of those rights is not messing with their ability or method of procreation. Um, because that's kind of like every they they decided that every species, no matter what sort it has, has the right to procreate and continue its life cycle, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Now mm-hmm. the that brings up all kinds of interesting questions, though, for uh, for biotechnology because all of our biotechnology, for the most part, is built on the ability to engineer plants in some way by injecting their dna to get them to create uh genetically modified uh outputs yeah right genetically modified right yeah Yeah. so i had a friend who worked in this field she did research for this and what what they were trying to do was actually increase the production of a specific because this is usually the way this is done is you find a plant that already produces a a drug of interest so in this case it was an anti-cancer drug But this plant produced it in extremely small quantities. By the way, hi, Sydney. Um, It was produced in very, very small quantities. And so... So
1: Sydney is still living. The plants have not killed her.
0: No, she's still... No, she's the master of the plants. So... Good. um, So...
1: Benevolent overlord. Benevolent overlord of
0: the plants. So this... uh, But basically what her work was genetically modifying these plants so that they would produce more of this cancer drug because currently it's like a very effective cancer drug, but it's like extremely expensive because you get like out of like one kilogram of leaves, you get like a milligram of chemical. Hmm. Right. So it's like Mm -hmm. you have to produce a lot of this plant and it's like a very specific type of rose that like only grows on this one island in like, you know, the, I don't know the Amazon or something like, it's really weird. It's very, very hard to get, but
1: I would see that movie before another M night. Oh,
0: absolutely. Now, that would be good. The, um, so, so in that sense, it's an interesting idea. Like, Well, what does plant ethics mean for that? But also this sense of um, so we actually use plant communication, though, in ways like that, where in this plant, it actually releases this chemical when it gets injured. Hmm. So it's like when this plant is being eaten by a by a by a bug, it will release this drug that uh, basically makes it unpalatable to the bug. and So the bug will go away. Hmm. Just so happens that those bugs are like ingesting very expensive anti-cancer drug. Right? Like these stupid fat caterpillars are like, this is terrible. You know, and little do they know. Um, you know, like they like like someone, you know, trying to drink well water and it comes out with crude oil in it, and he's like, This is terrible. Let's move off of this land, you know. But anyways, uh, besides these caterpillar gold miners or or oil tycoons. It's it's extremely interesting to me that we actually use this ability to do this, but we've never considered the ethical like, you know, the ethical things. And I think part of the reason is that their method of communication is so slow and so much different than our own that Mm -hmm. we cannot we cannot compute it in our own minds. And actually, I think the the book that captures this the best is probably Lord of the Rings. Oh, God, here we go. Right. With the ends.
1: Yes. Yes. These, you know, I was going to, yes. They mentioned that,
0: you know, my, you know, my name, you can call me this, but my real name is so long that it would, you know, you would be dead before it was over. Right. This idea of plants live, these trees live for so long and they communicate in these slow, careful ways. I I think it's, it's just perfect in that book. Anyways, go ahead, Marie.
1: No, I was going to say that that is the other thing to consider in this is that the life of a tree, like a redwood, Mm -hmm. right there. They're alive for hundreds of years. They live. I mean, thousands. For very thousands of thousands of years. Thousands, thousands of years a tree can can live for. So it makes sense that, in some ways, during that time, it would have some evolutionary effect towards. Like it would have to. It would have to have a survival system. It would have to have. It would. These things would be, you know, our are self-evident because these things are so huge and have survived for so long.
0: I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe. And with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.
1: I don't, the leap from there to them trying to kill us is a bit, a bit of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. But I'm not, yeah, I'm not rolling it out. I'm not gonna, you know. No, it's
0: not, it's, but it's not his best, it's not his best twist.
1: It's, just, insofar as the Shyamalan twists, it's not his best twist. Not
0: his best. I
1: will say very quickly, insofar as that movie, just again, cause I gotta move, I gotta, I gotta work in some, uh, some popular culture for this. <laughs> that movie was actually an allegory, according to some of the, when I was reading, cause I was like, damn, this, this, Chris has got me researching this crazy ass trees are alive. And this sounds familiar. And I was like, oh, that's right. And so then I, you know, of course, spent like three hours researching M. Night Shyamalan for some godforsaken reason. And it's a allegory. He's a, um, from, again, from what my understanding is, that he's Christian. And so this is actually more of a, um, a biblical allegory wrapped in the idea of the story of, of the trees. What? Which to me, I was like, I was like, damn, M. knight, that's a little heavy.
0: No, it's not. He made a shitty movie about trees and now he wants to, to plaster over it.
1: I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not here defending it. I'm just reporting out, right? I agree with you. I do think it was, it was exceptionally bad, but <laughs> but seriously, they, he was saying that this is, this is the, the trees and are it's, it's an allegory for sort of the, the 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 wrath or the the fall, and this is what happens. And
0: the, I mean, yeah. it's an extremely heavy-handed allegory for us destroying the planet,
1: mm-hmm. which I think like so it's too. literally
0: yeah. like a third, like a you know, like like a third grader, like. What if the plant started killing us mm-hmm. instead?
1: You yeah, I mean them. Like, like yeah? Somebody doesn't want yeah, yeah, to eat thanks. broccoli. They're like what broccoli? Seriously? Us
0: instead? Like it's so dumb. It's such a stu- Oh goodness, anyways. I love that. I love it so the, much. The, well the, the thing so there is something I think poetic or interesting and kind of terrifying though in the idea that imagine you are a species that lives for I mean Thousands of years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, in your lifetime, in the lifetime of one tree, humans go from seemingly cavemen to chainsaws able to kill th- thousands, millions of your species in a day,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Mm-hmm. If they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, can you imagine that from our perspective? Imagine if during your lifetime, mosquitoes went from being a just a bug, like a nuisance... That lived, that kinda sucked off of you and lived so off of you and that whatever. Could wipe us out? To being yeah. able to kill I'd see humans that movie. on their I'd
1: see that movie. That's a good movie. We've come up with two excellent movies. Treatments. We have
0: much better than Shyamalan. Oh
1: man. Get at
0: us, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. But Shout the, at us. You know. Yeah. Now here now here though, Marie, yeah. is where shit's gonna get flipped on you.
1: I I bet I can, can I say two words and see if I'm right. Go ahead. Red tide. No. Oh not right. Damn, but red tide is the flip of this, by the way. Well,
0: when you said when you said, let me let me give you two words in my mind, I was like, can this be turned into two words?
1: uh, And I was like (laughs) trying
0: hard to think. But before you you go into
1: your reveal really quick, mine was red tide, which is a marine event where plants are becoming toxic and are releasing toxins into the water. So it's it's sort of a very small microcosmic. It's still not a good thing, but it's, it's like, you know, if the happening was, so the happening was airborne, this is uh, algae reproducing and becoming toxic in the water itself, which was, I guess, one of the other, one of the other, uh, one of the other um, allegories or one of the other places that they got the idea for the happening in case, you know,
0: Mm. Yeah, it seems see like a lot of cover their tracks. Mm, I know a lot of cover in their tracks.
1: I know. Okay, so <laughs> now flip it on its head, okay. man. I'm ready. I'm braced. I'm okay. there.
0: Boom. One one of the most I don't know if I don't know if popular is the right word. One of the more interesting ideas about what happened at Area 51.
1: Oh God. Okay. All right. I'm there. Is I'm
0: there. is <laughs> that when uh, when this UFO crashed, we we were able to procure a a number of dead aliens but also two live ones.
2: Mm.
0: And they were called ebens, extraterrestrial biological entities. Mm-hmm. They were and trees. Evidently,
1: they were trees. We
0: had yeah, no. What? Evidently, Shh. we had an extremely difficult time keeping with well, they they died in our captivity because we were not able to uh, to help them and we couldn't communicate them in whatever. We kept forgetting but to water spe- them. Is that what you're saying? But they're, well, yeah, no, no, seriously, their biology evidently was much more similar to trees than it was to ours. They didn't need to eat. They gained energy of some sort or in some way from radiation. And, um, and, and actually though, so that's, that's part of like the larger UFO mythology, I would say, uh-huh. but it is actually a fascinating and I think elegant solution to a lot of the problems of space travel. Right. What if you didn't have to eat food? What if you just got, you made food from sunlight, Mm
2: -hmm. right?
0: You needed liquid. You needed some kind of liquid, but primarily you were self-sustaining, right? That gets rid of a bunch of problems for space travel. Same thing with longevity, right? Your metabolism is so slow that you're able to uh, transport in this way or whatever. And actually it ends up, it ends up kind of boiling into this idea as well that some of these Um, some of these extraterrestrial beings or whatever are a hive mind. They are all interconnected and clones of each other and whatever. Uh Like it's (laughs) like, I I just, I actually think it is a, I I don't know if it's true or not. Obviously I would hesitate to say that it's not true or I would not hesitate. I would err on the side of saying it's not true, but (laughs) it is a fascinating idea. It's like, I think it is a, it is one of the best turns of the I like it. mythology around UFOs in the last 30 years. Like I think it is, like it. It is an elegant and interesting I concept.
1: Like I, you know what? I'm the very down least. for it as long as Hollywood keeps its mitts off of it. <laughs> I, I, you know, as long as they mm-hmm. don't attach Will Smith to this uh, to this thing, I'm, I I think it sounds good. I think it's a good idea.
0: Good stuff. Oh good my stuff. God. So so um so ultimately now, so this hmm. episode we've kind of Um, We've kind of touched on some interesting stuff. And actually, I thought what would be kind of cool would be so we're actually we're we're actually starting to finally decode kind of how plants talk through signaling and whatever. Mm -hmm. And we are using that for our biology, for our like pharmacology and and that kind of stuff. But actually, we're also starting finally to get some sense about the way that our cells communicate. We had had some sense beforehand, but really. really this notion of of chemical signaling between uh, cells right the, the same kind of signaling that occurs in plants also occurs in us in humans um, and it's a part of biology that's actually really important and really uh, I mean it's, it's the way that diseases uh, affect your body it's the way that cancer starts it's the way that um, healing occurs it's the way that growth occurs right like these the very fact that we kind of, um, what's the word, that really this signaling is probably, these chemical signalings are probably the ways that the first communication occurred, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that that kind of simple mechanism of communication is still the primary mode of communication for, um, for the vast majority of the organic Uh, or biological species on the planet, I think is really interesting, right? Very few of the species in total have evolved to have sound making capabilities or the ability to even hear sound, right? Very few species ultimately have taken in the ability or gained the ability to, um, to sense light with a vision of some sort, right? With, with sight of some kind, um, you know, like touch and, uh, Touch is one that plants seem to use, but chemical signaling is probably, is, I mean, sensibly the first one that we evolved with right back when we were, you know, single-celled organisms, right? Yeah. So, um, so I, I don't know. I find it really interesting that it's sort of, it's, it's in some ways kind of the, one of the most important aspects of how this thing that is life started for all species on the planet Earth, but it's one of those things that we're like, we really don't know a lot about.
1: No, I would agree with that. I think that that, and that is the thing that is most interesting. And even like people would talk to their plants, right? Let's say that they do better, but they are, you know, but that's, that is something that anybody with a really good garden, you know, but, you know, just anecdotally, um, they're all like, oh, I, well, I, I also talk to them. I also come out and I'll talk, I will just talk the entire time. And to me, it's like, that's a little strange, but at the same time, there is something, um, And again, this is anthropomorphizing it, but there's something to that, that you think, okay, well, they're, they're being nurtured in this way as well. Yeah. As long as they don't, as long as they don't rise up in revolt.
0: Right. That's the, (laughs) no, that's our main concern here. So, um, so anyways, (laughs) kill your plants. No,
1: no, don't kill your plants. Plants are great. Plants
0: damn dirty plants we were on earth all along did um anyways well that's that's the episode dear listeners thanks so much for listening um yes. we are going to uh say the names of our patreon sponsors and uh the itunes reviewers that recently gave us reviews We love. please if you, you. enjoy it if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on uh giving reviews on itunes in whatever country you're in um, we can see them all now, evidently, because we figured out how to do that, which is really mm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Something plants you knew how
1: to do all along,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Wonderful. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, of course. Uh, just search Mad Scientist Podcast. Um, you know, to, by supporting the show with any amount of money, you get a sticker, you get a doodle, you get um, all kinds of other goodies. You get access to video content that we release um, on YouTube, which is that awesome. is uh, exclusive to uh, Patreon subscribers. And you also get, you can just get access to lots of stuff. So if you like the show, if you want us to keep doing it, if you want them to get better, uh, you know, consider supporting the show. And uh, finally, um, we, that's it really. Well, we got going if on.
1: they want to just give us a shout out, we would love to hear from you. Follow us. I'm I tweet at us. I am at team giant squid.
0: She is. And I am at the, I am at mad scientist pod. And uh, we're super active on Twitter. You can also email us. Uh, Chris, uh, you can find me. I'm the one that answers the emails, but it's uh, the Mad Scientist podcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you like if you like the show, check out the website, Mad There you can find links to the merch to uh, any of the news and stuff to. Uh, find out about, you know, all the stuff, all the good stuff coming up. So
1: some that's it for us. Crazy good merch. Shout out for the crazy good new merch we have. It's really fun. But I seriously do. That I've already spent money on. I love Me it. Me
0: too. It's so good. Yes.
1: Alright, so go, go water your plants and tell them you love them. It's just preventative.
0: <laughs> it's preventative. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of the episode proper. Let's get into the Patreon reward stuff. Woo-hoo! Okay, cool. So we have we have two new patrons this month. Woo! We have Jennifer Taylor. And we have Kayla Nunn.
1: Oh, Jennifer, Kayla, thank you.
0: Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, we love you very much, and we cannot wait. I, you guys, actually are getting. Uh, you're getting all your stickers and stuff coming stickers in the mail soon. You guys got lucky you because uh, You guys got lucky because we got we got the new stickers in. Which is really cool. New yeah, stickers! Super exciting! So we're excited. So uh, we hope you enjoy this stuff. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We also have Marie what? a lot of a lot of new iTunes reviews. So, we are gonna say thank you to everyone who's left us an iTunes review. In the last couple of bits of time so here are the people into <laughs> this so what is time have, time is relative if you're a tree it is we have uh pelcher 314 we have history laker we have pawn Hiki. we have the living canvas we have Anti-Diluvian one what we have tea spells and secrets and we have sam culper Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Hugs. Oh, and weird plane, and we have weird plane.
1: Weird what, dude?
0: Weird plane. And then we have in. Let me go to the Canada tab quick, guys. The Canada we got Canada stuff too, which is really cool. Don't forget the we Canucks. No, I can't. I cannot forget the Canucks.
1: Man, they're doing pretty good with that Justin Trudeau. Canada, chaps, so
0: good. Canada,
1: so good. So good. Nice. So we actually have, we
0: have seven. We have seven oh, ratings in Canada. Okay, so we have pathetic cat What? we have craig buddy one two three we have O'Doyle r we have joel welch we have angelo fiorentino and we have gimme monsters one
2: Monsters. thank you guys
0: thank you guys so much for for uh reviewing the show all the way up in canada pretty great Ooh. can't wait to go there yes. again Yes. Love me some Canada. Good stuff.
1: We love Canada. We love all of our listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us the stars up on the iTunes. We appreciate it greatly.
0: We really do. And um and yeah, we actually have one other country. Yeah, mm. what country? Australia. What?
1: They're still alive? You want to yeah. talk about, like, I bet there are plants in Australia that are actively trying to actually kill Actually trying to people. kill you? Yeah, probably. They're like, so, fuck this shit. Fuck the alligators. Fuck the koalas. I'm just going to take them down myself.
0: So we actually have one review from Australia from Good Nightmares. <laughs> Thank you so much for reviewing. We love you, Good Nightmares. Look out and for uh, spiders, actually, man.
1: Look out for a spiders. Couple of,
0: a couple of these ratings are from a couple of these ratings are from podcasts you should totally check out. Um, Good Nightmares is a podcast. Uh, so is uh, Double Density is a podcast. Um, you can find uh, Hysteria 51 too. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anybody. We've read a lot of reviews just now. Oh, Joel. Um, Joel is great. Um, they have a podcast called. um, the sci-fi pubcast, which is really cool mm-hmm. and i had i was on it was mm-hmm. really fun uh listen to those podcasts go go listen rate the show Support we love indie you
1: podcasts even at, so exciting especially if they're in australia because man they're fucking they're beating off spiders with baseball tough. bats up there man
0: <laughs> they are tough <laughs> over there anyways <laughs> yeah. all right great stuff thank you again dear listeners so much um
1: what's what are we and gonna, yeah, that's we're gonna be back when are we back with what are we doing next time? Anything good?
0: Next time, yeah. Next time we'll be back with... Uh, next time we are... Actually, I don't know yet what we're doing next uh, week. As right? long as
1: we survive the week with the plants.
0: They yeah, know, we'll see what they happens. They know we're on them, I'm
1: just saying. We're
0: going to have to see what happens with that one. But anyways, okay. thanks again to your listeners so much for listening.
2: Thank you. Smoking weed, smoking weed, doing coke, drinking beers, drinking beers, beers,
1: beers, rolling fatties, smoking blunts. Who smokes blunts? We smoke the blunts, rolling blunts and smoke em. What? Fourteen bucks, little man, put that shit in my hand. If that money doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, owe. Oh, but Jungle Love! Owee, oh, owee, oh. I think I wanna know ya, know ya, yeah! Buy our merch.
0: Thanks again for listening. This has been the Mad Scientist Podcast, a Dammit Chippy production. Our logo was designed by Carrie Shaheen, website design by Desdemona, and sound design by Jake Cardinal. Love
2: it. Love it!